Yeah, I can totally. I get I that. I mean, I don't know. Do you do you do you do any conventions? Do you ever? Yeah, I was like, actually going to talk to you anymore, about but... conventions. Yeah, uh, this year I went. <laughs> I went to all of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but uh, I mean, not really. I would. I would really love to. I've only been to probably a f- two or three. I went to a HP Lovecraft Film Festival, but for like conventions, like I mean, I've been to a few like for video games, but yeah, not, nothing for for film. There's, I know there's tons of them, and I live right outside LA, so it's probably not too far of a drive to to really go to any of these but yeah i mean it's something i really want to do now especially now that uh we're into filmmaking and doing filmmaking the podcast like networking and getting the out there and meeting people seems just like so huge and important so i'm really excited for that but yeah i wanted to ask you like uh you sound like you've been to a lot of conventions like what are some of the go-tos for you yeah uh i've i've actually it was funny i was um tweeting about this a while ago but um i i dug up like one of my first autographs from my first convention it was like the very first monster maniac on and it was the lead actress from the carnival of souls have you seen this one no carnival of souls the movie yeah, no. Not, no. So there's a remake that's like really bad. It, this is okay. like the original 60s version. OK, 1962. And, and, um, yeah. And then Criterion has that out. Oh, I know. OK, I the images uh, that popped up. I know that I've seen this face before. Yeah. So I met her, um, Candace Hillegas. She was really nice. Like it was. Um, but I, I one of the early ones, I met Roger Corman, which was such a huge deal for me. Yeah, Roger. Well, dude, I love Roger Corman. I, I, I kind of love uh, how there are so many people that I've worked with him. That it, like, I mean, Spielberg. I think uh, Col- Coppola, I believe, worked for Roger yeah. Corman. Like, yeah, like Coppola would would. Um, I believe he cut he he cut his teeth um, cutting trailers, and Corman happened. I, I, I'm paraphrasing this story, but like Corman had like this um like use of this castle or something so like for like a week or two and you know in classic corman style he's like we'll make a movie and get you know production value out of this castle and it i guess coppola had proved himself enough where he was like we'll give it to coppola you know and that was dementia 13 that was his that was francis for coppola's first movie yeah yeah was, which is was, awesome um, Roger corman but um, yeah, it was a Vincent Price tribute. Um, Hazel Court was there. I got to meet her that day. Caroline Monroe was there. She was in some Vincent Price movies. Like Hazel Court was really awesome. Um, she was in like a lot of like the like the old Hammer movies, and she was in like a pretty famous Twilight Zone episode, I think. Okay. But anyways, I digress. But anyways, so. Corman wasn't actually signing autographs. He was just doing like a Q&A with Hazel Court and Caroline. And uh, I was like, dude, I have to meet him. I have to get his autograph. So we ended, I ended up actually getting to like um, meet him, like as he was like leaving the um, the room for after the Q&A. And uh, it was awesome. He was like so nice. He like signed... I had a, like my like Mask of the Red, Red Death is like my favorite movie, especially my favorite movie of his. And um, so I had a DVD of that. He signed it. And I was like, oh, shit, I didn't get my picture with him. And I felt like really bummed out. But like um, so we were in like the um, dealer's room and like, lo and behold, he was like hanging out there. And I was like, you know. I'm, uh, you know, Mr. Corman, I'm so sorry to to bother you. I know you're just looking around and shopping and stuff, but can I get a picture with you really quick? And he was so gracious, <laughs> so awesome. I was like, sure, absolutely. And like, I still have that photo. Like I printed it and framed it. You mean he wasn't like 50 bucks, please? <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and, you know, I mean, like I, I love conventions, but there's definitely actors that will like, I, I call it the like the cattle line, like they'll cattle you through, <laughs> which yeah. is really it, it, it's as soul crushing and bleak as it sounds like I won't I, I mean, I won't mention the bad ones because 
it's no use dwelling on that. But like, I will say like some of the really amazing ones, like Betsy Palmer from Friday the 13th was amazing. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's a good one. Um, she was like, she treated everybody like her best friend. I've never, you rarely see like, um, Barbara Crampton's another one that treats her fans like amazingly. Like she, like spends time it's not just like here give me your money i'll sign something throw it back she's like i'm gonna i'm gonna have a conversation with you all right i'll put you on hold steven you're here you made it welcome uh mike this is steven hey. steven it's mike hey nice to meet you yeah you know as they say uh, whatever can go wrong will go wrong and it's been a huge hassle getting this sorry for being a little late there but you know Happy to be in here. Get to chit chat with you, Mike. How you doing, man? Are you are you enjoying the podcast so far? Tom hasn't scared you away. No, I'm having a blast. I, tr- um, I tried. I warned him about the script we're going to read in a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've been getting yeah. a warning about that too. <laughs> I was. I won't. Go, I'm not going to lie. I was a little high when I woke up this morning because I. <laughs> oh, okay. We went deep watching Boogie Nights last night, and we uh, did go. Yeah, literally, huh? You had to. And had to get into the mindset, you know. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, I would have done coke if I had it, but <laughs> I don't oh, just, you wanted to go method, huh? I don't just got coke laying around, in the, you know. Not that I'm a very avid drug user. Um, no, not at all. You're a very responsible man. Oh, but you could come in and uh, you want to jump in. Oh, we'll go back into boogie nights a little bit, buddy. And uh, what did you no, think? No, no. You, what you did guys you think just... of the, the the big dick? I mean, it made me a little jealous, man, but I certainly give that movie one big dick out of 10. Well, I, I was going to give it that 10, work. 10 inches, 10, 10, 10 uh, inches out of 10. Yeah. I mean, PTA always kills it, right? I, I, I'd seen that movie when far too young and I was like, ah, this movie sucks. Where's the boobies? But then watching this now much older and actually watching it. Yeah, man. I mean, this movie what a uh, so this movie came out and then Magnolia came out after that is that the order? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, man. What a strong follow up, right? Cuz this Magnolia Punch Drunk Punch Drunk Love. Yeah, well, PTA doesn't does he have a bad movie? I haven't seen Inherent Vice. Mike, have you seen Inherent Vice? Uh I have not. Um I actually believe that that is on HBO as well. So I was kind of meaning to um remedy that and check that out. But I've heard I've heard really good things. And he did um, There Will Be Blood, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's like, uh, that's such a great movie. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I would consider that the modern day Citizen Kane, right? Or at least I know it's been heralded as that from others. I, um, I'm thinking The Master. I love The Master. I know, you, because you love that manipulation. <laughs> you just love to see men manipulate others, which is probably why you uh, ranked Boogie Nights so high up there. Hey, you know what? I, I, we were talking about this, how uh, I think he, Burt Reynolds was actually a good guy. You know, I think he was actually a really good guy in a, in a weird way. Well, I think uh, all cult leaders are very good people at the start, right? That's how they, <laughs> that's how they hook you in is because there's some sincerity there. But then they ask you to fuck dudes off the street. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, you know what, man? You just got to roll with the times. <laughs> Spoken like a future cult leader there. Huh, buddy? <laughs> the, what is it? The seventh the seventh son. Hey, you know, I'm trying. I, I, I get one person at it one person a year. By the time I'm 90, I'll have a <laughs> nice cult following. How many uh members do you have in your cult there? I, I at least three. At three? <laughs> hey, that's pretty good, man. At least. I mean, there could be four or five. I gotta, you know, <laughs> they gotta. I gotta give them the forms. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, they gotta sign that paperwork. You don't want to get in trouble. Uh, Mike's gonna join the cult. I gotta set fax. <laughs> I gotta fax him the paperwork. Oh, so then Mike's <laughs> definitely been enjoying the podcast, then, huh? Yeah, get the Kool Aid sent to me, right? <laughs> <laughs> Drinking that Kool Aid. Yeah, we it's were like talking an- about like that. Anthrax packets <laughs> of Kool Aid. <laughs> yeah, we were and talking now about the podcast that. Podcast is on a list of some kind. I'm sure. <laughs> uh don't worry we're on lots of lists <laughs> <laughs> at least we should be so uh what were you guys talking about before before i interrupted i was hearing about conventions was that oh it? yeah or- um we were talking about roger corman oh okay uh, you know uh one of our one of my favorite most inspirational filmmakers mike was saying that he got to do uh a picture got to take a picture and he signed a dvd yeah 
Yeah, it was really awesome because, you know, his movies were, were kind of like my gateway into just like strange cinema, I guess, like Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, OK. Was was one of those I saw maybe like five or six. It was one of those. My parents tried to at a certain point uh, keep me from movies, but like <laughs> like horror movies. But oh, OK, this was when they were still trying and, you know, it. it was pretty tame, obviously. Um, and this is not the remake, but like the original black and white version. And, oh, okay. And yeah, I mean, it was like definitely a movie that like uh, really clicked. And you know, it, it's still a movie that I that I enjoy. It's definitely not my favorite of his, but it's meaningful because it was kind of like, like I said, like a gateway into like um, like weird or bizarre. I mean, you can't get much weirder than like a giant talking. Plant. you know plant and then you you know you're like uh, uh killing people to feed it <laughs> yeah it's all yeah the i love uh little shop of horrors is great i actually have never seen the original i guess that's going on the list as well i yeah i've uh, never seen the original either for the the this the podcast buddy i've been every like super strange weird movie that mike's been listening i've just been writing down to watch Oh, yeah, okay. i mean it, it it might be disappointing i i'm one of the weird people that actually kind of can like the original better than the remake. I know it's usually the the opposite with that movie, but well, he did say he liked Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, so I was about to kick him off the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, listen, I'm okay dying on that hill. I like it. <laughs> well, you, someone has to, you know, and and that movie did. Uh, I think it did pretty well. So a lot of people, oh, I, all uh, my all my little cousins love that movie. That's their Willy Wonka, which. Makes me cry I mean, a little bit. Like, I like, I mean, Johnny Depp is so weird. And yeah. I think that he kind of makes that. I mean, again, it's not, it's far, far from a perfect film. Yeah. You know, even like, yeah, I mean, like narrative wise, it it's, it's very kind of all over the place, but you know, it's fun. I mean, it's the same way I kind of feel about Dark Shadows. It's, it's definitely a <laughs> movie Shadows. that. Oh, you mean I the mean, movie, not the, uh, TV show? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I haven't seen the uh, movie yet. Michelle Pfeiffer's in that one, right? Yep. Yeah. Damn, man. I'd let her... Uh, she's a vampire, right? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> no. Oh, she's she's, um, she's like one of the normies. She might be a vampire oh, in real normal. life. <laughs> but. Wow. Yeah, she does still look good, so maybe she is. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, she's really aged, aged incredibly well. But um, yeah, no, it's... um. Yeah. Um, so like I said, it was um, with Little Shop, it might be a little disappointing because the, the musical is, is I mean, it's obviously has a bigger budget and it's the effects are much better. You know, I even though I love the film, the original film, it's definitely not the best acted or written, but it's fun. I mean, it's just weird and entertaining. Um, I actually kind of like A Bucket of Blood. If we're going, if we're talking about like early Corman black and white stuff, have you guys seen that one? Nope, haven't seen that one either. Bucket of Blood. Add it to the list. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think my ignorance is pretty high in all of this. So I don't know if Tom's asked you this, and if he has, just let me know. But what, so what, what really draws you to these strange movies? Because that seems like that's a part of the hook, right? Like with your book. The ultimate guide to strange cinema. Like, it, it. What about that? What about strange cinema draws you to it? Um, I just like uh, just really offbeat, weird um, expression, whether it be like art or movies or just you know anything. And, and it's really interesting that a lot of these movies kind of are very much products of their time and take these really big swings. They usually don't work, but (laughs) you know, some of them are like so bad they're good. And you know, some I actually consider pretty good on, on their, its own merits, but uh, it's pretty fascinating. And, and I think what's really uh, fascinating is like the foreign remakes of like American movies. Oh, okay. Like it's so interesting to see like what, like they draw and like the, the inspirations they draw from like Western films. There's like the Bollywood version of Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, um, wow. There is 
like this amazing exorcist ripoff. Um, I'm totally blanking on the title, like Lady Terminator, which is amazing. <laughs> put that sounds awesome. to the list. Uh, Mondo actually put that out. So that's that one's actually fairly easy to, to find also. But it's it's so bizarre. But it's like, a, a of course, it's like a Terminator um, ripoff. Um, Robo Vampire, which is like a, you know, Eastern, like folklore, supernatural Robocop ripoff. <laughs> that sounds that sounds like a must see to me. Uh, That's yeah, one of my favorite I mean, movies, Robocop. Yeah. But it's it's so like I like I like the one ripoff, um, I think it was like Robo Vampire was like I described it kind of like, you know, if the filmmakers, you know, saw Robocop with a head injury and then, you know, try to recreate it in like a fever dream, um <laughs> that is kind of what you would get. Uh <laughs> that's a good description there. <laughs> yeah, I mean it it's it's so fascinating, like I said, just to see what like inf- like like influences, but like direct influences. Like there's like there's a ton. Like I'm such a huge fan of like ripoff movies. Yeah, and you know there's bad ones, but there, there's really good ones. Like Beyond the Door, the first one is a pretty amazing. Exorcist ripoff. It, it it was so blatantly ripping off Exorcist that Warner Brothers sued. Oh wow. <laughs> I'm looking at pictures of it now and it's like you can tell instantly. <laughs> the, oh, really? It's yeah. like total yeah. ripoff, huh? Like the little boy at one point, I think like early in the movie is like drinking pea soup. <laughs> so it is it's like they were kind of daring Warner Brothers to sue them. And they did. Um, I think they were successful in suing, too. But I think um, Arrow just put that out and it's it's one of the actual really good Exorcist ripoffs. But. There's so many good ones, though, but I'm rambling now. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I'm a big fan of uh, Friday the 13th ripoffs. Uh, like, uh, is it The Burning? Have you seen The Burning? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, I love The Burning. I think that has, like, Sean Astin in it. Um, oh, okay. He, he, I think, J- like, a, like, a really young Jason Alexander. Oh, Jason that. Alexander. That's right. That's Jason Alexander that's in it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, God, he's always been George his whole life. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. You told me about that. One yeah, it's pretty good. It. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. There's just I just love like I, I really want to just live in a cabin by a lake and just murder kids. <laughs> no, just, <laughs> I, I kid. I kid. I don't but I, mean, I don't and, have to live by know, a cabin the, and do that. The, like the source for that is really interesting. So like that's based on like the Cropsey legend. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that they kind of started out at a, a place where, you know, they had an interesting hook, at least. You know, I mean, there's definitely so many Friday 13th ripoffs. And I mean, you could even say Friday 13th was kind of a ripoff of Halloween, which you could kind of make the point what that that was kind of homaging, you know, Black Christmas. And then, you know, you could go further back and, you know, talk about Mario Bava's Bay of Blood. yeah. And uh, also, Psycho too has to be fit. Uh, oh yeah, fit uh, slid in there too somewhere, uh, especially and with like, Friday the Thirteenth, which is almost like a reverse Psycho. Yeah, and you know yeah, what's there interesting? Are some odds there. What's What's really interesting is, have you guys seen Peeping Tom from 1960? No, I oh, haven't. Yeah. I've heard that, of that movie. movie's great. Yeah, and I mean that's like it's almost like a Saw movie, right? Yeah, where yeah, I could see um, that. you know he's like making his um, victims like watch themselves die which is like i guess it's not really saw when you think about it but i mean it's it's like it's like a like an extra level of like like twisted that you would kind of see like in a post-saw era but this was 1960 yeah. britain yeah that's crazy. well also just the perspective they took of it because it is very much in the perspective of the killer and s- sympathetic to his yeah character also so it was a really interesting one especially to see it at that you know yeah, it's from the 60s, right? To see it. Yeah, so it was 1960. It, like it came out the same year as Psycho. So I don't oh, think okay. like I don't think like one ripped off the other. Um I think it was just kind of coincidental, but actually like I like I love Hitchcock. I love Psycho. So I will even say that I kind of prefer Peeping Tom just a little bit more than Psycho. Oh, really? Wow. Why why is that? Like um, why? I 
I like okay, so Psycho. I mean, it, it's like the near nearly perfect film. Um, so yeah. it's not that it has any shortcomings, like you know, in any kind of aspect. I just think that like where Peeping Tom edges it out slightly for me is like it's more like the psychology of it's a little more interesting and provocative, and mm. they're able to kind of really push things further that you know Hitchcock wasn't obviously probably wanted to but wasn't allowed to i mean he really you know you see that he pushes the envelope in frenzy which is you can tell it's like all this pent up uh you know of what he really wanted to do but anyways like yeah so peeping tom for me is i i always found it more interesting from like the psychology of it like i'm not saying i'm i'm not i'm by far not like a expert on that but the characterization is for me more interesting and just like this like i said like the twisted things like watching somebody die is such a a gnarly thing and to think about like that they did this you know in 1960 you know so yeah yeah for sure i mean you know in psycho he did push the envelope though too because he showed a toilet oh yeah i mean (laughs) it's uh (laughs) i just i just said But yeah, no, I mean, like, and and it's like, um, you know, people like find that kind of hard to believe. And it's not it's like I'm not taking anything away from Psycho. I mean, that's like a masterpiece um, unquestioned. But yeah, yeah. I mean, like just Peeping Tom just kind of edges it out just slightly. But yeah, it's it's such a good movie. Um, I I am really hoping that it gets a Blu-ray re-release sometime soon. I got to imagine eventually because it is a like genuinely a decent movie, you know, from, from back then. So it it would be a shame if it didn't. Yeah. I mean, it was very controversial. I mean, it, um, it was so shocking that it, it pretty much just, um, destroyed Michael Powell's career. Oh, really? I don't, I don't think he really, um, ever really recovered professionally after that. Like, I think that there's, um, so Criterion put the DVD out and there's like a really good, if, if I'm recalling correctly, um, like a documentary about the making of, and where they talk about how, um, I don't think he ever really made like a film in that country again. Wow. Like it was just so shocking that it just kind of, yeah, kind of ruined his career. But I mean, looking, looking at it now, it's, it's, I mean, it's still pretty shocking, but I mean, it's, it's like, it's pretty tame nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so interesting with looking at, you know, these, like the strange cinema that you're talking about, especially the older movies and that, how, how it was so shocking at its time. And now looking at it, you know, from our lens, how tame things like Peeping Tom can be, because I think if you can put yourself in that time frame, you can kind of see how, why Peeping Tom would have been so shocking at the time that it came out. One thing I want to uh, uh, jump in and say is, oh, I haven't seen Peeping Tom, but Michael but you Powell. you are Peeping Tom, so. My, uh, Michael, <laughs> Michael Powell, buddy, directed The Red Shoes, the first movie yeah. on the Criterion list. Oh, nice. Oh, wow. Wait, did he direct Peeping Tom or he was in Peeping Tom? He, he directed, directed it. it. Okay. Yeah, the same director that directed Red Shoes also directed Peeping Tom. Well, buddy, I would say definitely you got to check out Peeping Tom then. I, I, I really enjoyed the movie when I saw it because I think I was just looking up uh, must-see horror films. And so they gave like this huge list and I started going down them and Peeping Tom was on one of those like must-see uh, lists because it was like a first of its kind. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm going to... it's. My list is like over 13 movies now, so it might, it might take me a minute to get through all of these. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's funny, though, because like when people talk about like the the origins of the slashers, you know, we talk about Psycho and, uh, you know, like Mario Bava's like early kind of proto slashers. But, you know, nobody really talks about Peeping Tom, which I find is find pretty interesting that that gets left out of the conversation. We got to yeah. bring it back. This podcast will bring it back. <laughs> Arrow, if you're listening, we need uh, that Blu-ray re-release or Criterion or uh, Janus. Oh, there you go. Because Jan- uh, yeah, yeah, Janus uh, is a uh, they uh, that uh, come and see the 4K, which we saw in theaters. Come and oh, see nice. right before yeah. COVID. We went and our like the last oh, time wow. I was in a movie theater, we watched Come and See 4K. 
I heard how depressing that movie is. So I'm sure that was delightful right before <laughs> the end of the world. Well, you know, we were happy back then, so we had no idea. <laughs> we were, yeah, we were so excited because, I mean, I haven't seen too many older movies in theaters, and it's just like, man, seeing it with that uh, with the crowd of people, and yeah. uh, and uh, we were like sitting in like the fir- the front row or the second front row, the front row, so we were like right there, and it's like it was a, a wonderful experience, and it's just like, and then right after, it's like theaters are gone forever, like oh my god, yeah. <laughs> we I came gotta- and we saw. I got to say, I think one of my favorite like old movies, like seeing on the big screen was probably, I mean, either Psycho or Rear Window or Vertigo. I mean, like three Ooh. of my favorite Hitchcock films I got to see on the big screen. Oh, nice. that's awesome. Like, so what Rear would Window be a movie? Was- oh, yeah. I was going to say, what would be a movie, an older movie you'd like to see on the big screen now? I mean, you know, no COVID. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would probably love to see the Holy Mountain on the big screen. Yeah. That's like what one about- of my all-time favorite movies. Okay. I haven't even heard of that. What What's that about? A little quick synopsis, if you don't mind. Yeah, it is. It's one of those you must just have to look up. I think a couple different labels have, have put it out, but it's a very surreal, psychedelic. Oh, gosh. I mean, it's so hard to describe even. I know that sounds... I don't mean that to sound like vague or pretentious, but it's yeah. um, it's very hard to describe because it's okay. it's almost like vignettes and not like like there is an overarching plot, but it's more like just um, like a series of vignettes and and yeah, it's very awesome. If you if you like that, um, you would probably also really like El Topo, which is really good. Okay. And when was uh, Holy Mountain? When when was that made? 1973 uh, 70, 73 yeah. oh, okay yeah the 70s i always tell tom i think the 70s were like the golden era the real golden era of filmmaking you know because it was about deconstructionism and just exploring what film could aspire to and exploring that realm and all that yeah. jazz and all that jazz <laughs> yeah so i mean that's definitely too that that should definitely go up on your list um they're really like El Topo is like a psychedelic Western. It was actually, John Lennon was actually a really big fan of of that movie. I think he actually helped kind of kickstart like the midnight movie with that. Yeah, it's all Jodorowsky, right? The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy that tried to do um, Dune. Yeah, and that's um, that's such an interesting, that documentary about that. Which is also a thing I love is, is, is you know, documentaries about these uh, doomed projects that sound so amazing. Oh, speaking of your Discord namesake, Kubrick. I mean, oh yeah, there's like oh, there's like what three or four projects that he had that were canceled that are just sound so amazing. His Napoleon movie, his Holocaust yeah. movie. I think uh, he was supposed to make. Uh, there was something else I was just reading that he was trying to make that he never got made. Well, I know, but, like he 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 was working on AI before he he died. Yeah, and then I then um, of course Spielberg took it over. That's Spielberg. But <laughs> I but I I kind of think that maybe he they used his screenplay. Maybe yeah, he had done a lot of pre production work as well uh, with yeah. doing some of the designs and and all of that. Yeah, like um, oh, uh, Clockwork Orange, I got to see on the big screen, which was phenomenal. Oh um, wow, Suspir- yeah. Suspiria was another one. Um, we got to see that. Um, we got to see like the 4K restoration of that, which was was yeah, just as that actually Suspiria on the big screen is probably tied with with Clockwork Orange as my favorite. Oh, classic wow. on the big screen um i mean especially with like suspiria and that like big booming goblin soundtrack that <laughs> yeah you know envelops the whole theater i mean it's oh absolutely i mean i th- i also really enjoyed the remake as well um yeah yeah i liked the remake a lot that was one of the few movies in a while that really got to me i mean i thought the remake was pretty intense Yes. Yeah. Um, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I, I remember really liking it. Now who um I'm blanking on who did that, who did the remake. Oh, I don't um, know who that did I'm the not remake. sure, but it I mean the remake definitely was one of the better remakes out there, in my opinion. Yeah. So in your book, does it is it's not just strictly horror films, right? It's just anything strange cinema. Right. 
Yeah, so it, it's um, I do uh, I break it up into genres. So I have like comedy, drama, action adventure. Um, that was that particularly was a fun chapter to work on because there's so many wonderfully bizarre action adventure movies. And I have like a whole chapter of like cars, trucks, and motorcycles. Yeah. Did rubber, so I tried did, to did do rubber like, make the cut? Huh? Rubber? Yeah. It, yep. Oh, awesome. <laughs> so I'm going to throw out a title that probably you've, you guys have never heard of, but is it's, I don't even know if it's worth checking out, but it's so <laughs> strange that it's called the pink, the, the, the pink angels. Nope. You're right. I have never heard of this. <laughs> so it is probably the world's only gay biker road movie. And like in my review, I'm like, I don't like generally when I see a movie, I'm like, I can tell who this is aimed for, like who the target yeah. audience is. And it's like with with this movie, it's like I was like baffled of like who this movie was for. Yeah, it's I don't know how easy it is to find, but it's it's <laughs> God, it is so weird. But, uh, you know, again, like th- it was such a fun journey to discover these like misfit movies. Um, I mean, a lot of them were just like um, stuff no one's ever heard of. But yeah, I mean, like like with the Pink Angels, it's definitely a movie of its era. It's just so weird and bizarre and misguided but it's kind of like a train wreck also where you kind of can't look away (laughs) (laughs) so put that on the list too (laughs) yeah it's on uh for action adventure i was trying to think because uh one of my favorites is when people ever ask me of like a movie that they probably never heard of i always suggest six six string samurai have you seen that no, what the, oh, now see now I have to uh, start start a uh, list. Uh, yeah, you need to go watch Six String Samurai. It's about a, it's like a post apocalyptic movie that in the sixties uh, about a guy, a rock and roll samurai that has to go to Las Vegas, and it's like Mad Max e kind of movie. Oh, nice! Is it like a newer movie or an older? Uh, it came out in nineteen ninety eight. Okay. Um, yeah, it's a it's a really awesome weird little movie. Yeah, with really cool characters. So th- there you go, Mike. I got a few for you, too. <laughs> there you go. See, uh, hopefully if, if, you know, um, like I've been trying to drum up a lot of interest because I would love to do a volume two. I mean, even if that were possible, it would be kind of like I have a couple projects like lined up even when even when this um, current one I'm wrapping up, I have another project that's that Bear Manor's um, already interested in. So um, I just have to you know, get that going. But like, yeah, I would love to do a second volume because um, so many amazing weird movies have come out since the, since the film guide, but also just stuff that I just like older stuff that I discovered um, after writing it. And I was like, Oh man, I, I wish this could have went into, you know, to the volume. Like, cause, cause like I had a friend that did a film guide and, you know, one of his pieces of advice was like, you'll never be sat. You, you have to find a, p- a point to stop because you're never going to be satisfied and it's never going to get done. Oh, absolutely. Like, I think I brought this up earlier. Is like there's like a nearly infinite number of movies that you could find to watch. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I wanted to uh, include a lot more. The summer that I was writing it was really bad. I had two relatives, very close relatives die in the same um, summer. Yeah. Yeah. So I literally like took um, two or three months off to just like grieve and cope and stuff. And uh, I mean, I don't mean to bring everything down, but like it was, um, it was definitely a big factor of why um, I didn't get more titles in there. But I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I have over 300 entries and then, of course, like I said, I have interviews and um, some some cool like I try to do like trivia and some supplemental stuff, not just reviews, but some other some other stuff with that. So that sounds oh, man, that sounds really rough, but I am excited to, uh, for another book. I did order the like uh, Stephen, I did order his book. So oh, okay. I'll, have to, I'll, have to, I'll have to let you check it out. Yeah, you have to let me have to share that with me. So how long does it take? Did it take you to write this book? Uh, so this took um, a year. 
a lot of it was um, just pure research. Like I would say that like a good two or three months of it was just like research and um, not only research, but then, you know, once you find a movie that you think is going to fit, then you have to track it down. And sometimes uh, that's, you know, even harder. But, you know, I, I could have went like I could have made it easier on, my, on myself but I wanted to challenge myself to find these really hard to find obscure, weird stuff because, you know, I wanted to make it enjoyable for like the casual fan, but also like the hardcore fan. That's like, what do you got? You know, I've seen it all. And, And, you know, I've had people tell me that, you know, there was like a handful of movies that they discovered and they were like, they considered themselves like experts. And, you know, that's, that's the one cool thing about cinema. Nobody's an expert because it's so never ending and vast. Well, you haven't listened to our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's uh, really interesting because I mean, hearing you list all these movies, I mean, you certainly uh, got us stumped on, on how many uh, films we don't know about. So there's a lot to check out there. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, when I start going into like, um, movies from all over the world. I mean, that's when it got so like super exciting, like to do, mm. you know, stuff from like Indonesia and Hong Kong. I mean, the Hong Kong stuff is like amazing and weird and incredible. Actually, have you guys heard of um, uh, this movie called The Untold Story? No, I don't think so. So no, but um, I've seen posters for it. So recently. the um, the label unearths unearth cinema put just put this out on blu-ray but what i'm getting at is they do this um, on this disc they have this um, documentary about hong kong exploitation films which was really cool because i got doing this deep dive i got to like talk you know actually watch a lot of these like they they mentioned like like boxer's omen which is like a really good one if you want to like talk about like a really crazy like hong kong um genre uh, fair but i mean it's a cool documentary because it's it's um it gives you like a really nice introduction if you if you guys aren't like you know big into like hong kong um genre stuff and i mean i'm i'm definitely by no means an expert um so i thought it was really cool awesome and uh yeah, again, you know, I wish I could have had like resources like that when I was researching and doing my film guide, but you know, fingers crossed if I could do like a volume 2, yeah. I would definitely love to. Something to I'm kind of curious to know is like when you do get to that international box, it's like you could probably do a book just on per country. So how do you find like a balance there of like mm. of h- trying to hit uh as international as possible? Yeah, I mean, it, it's like the same with um, like, so in my book, like horror is the only, um, so horror is like the biggest chapter um, because of course, you know, it, that lends itself more naturally to like strange movies. But, um, you know, in my, my horror chapter, I do, I break it up into like countries, which I don't do for like, like the other genres, but I, um, I thought it was would would be a little more interesting if I did it for like the the longest chapter, which was horror. I, I, as far as like which countries to do, I just try to, um, I didn't really have any rhyme or reason. I just try to not do like, um, a lot of one country, just like I, I kind of had some roles that I set for myself. Like I would only do like a maximum of three movies from the same director. Cause I didn't want it to be like, you know, I could do like a whole book on Nick Zed, but, you know, I picked like two or three of my favorite of his and and put it in the the guide, you know, but but as far as like um, like roles about like countries, I just try to make it like as even as possible. I mean, some of that's kind of hard because some of it, some of some countries are harder to get access to some of these movies. And then so like there was like some movies that I couldn't do because I didn't have subtitles like they were that obscure. Like I know like. I I'm I'm like blanking on the name, but it was like a like a really weird French slasher that I ended up like at zero hour finding a a copy with subtitles. Wow, that's 
So did it make the did it make the cut? Yeah, yeah, because I like I was having such a hard time. Like like nobody had a copy with like they had a copy, but they didn't have it with, with like subtitles. And not that not that that movie was particularly deep, <laughs> or like the dialogue was was that incredible that I couldn't follow the story. But oh, okay. But yeah, I mean, um, just at the, the last moment, um, I found somebody that was helping me find some movies and had a copy with subtitles. And I think like Italy probably had the strangest movies. If um, like if I had to like say like what like which country had the weirdest. Yeah, that's oh, that's fascinating. Yeah, like it's. Yeah, I mean, it was again, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was a lot of work because, you know, to start my day, I would have to I would set a goal of like three movies a day. Oh, wow. But and not how many only, films did you watch? Um, So there is over 300 in the film guide. Ooh, OK, so I probably like um, like I was saying earlier, like I I couldn't afford to really like buy a lot of extra movies that I knew were, weren't going to make it in the film guide. But like, I would say I probably watched another extra like 20 or 30 movies that, that maybe didn't necessarily make it. Wow. So yeah, I mean, just a lot of movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 And I was noticing on your, on your blog also, you review a lot of movies there. That's where I had seen that movie you were talking about. Um, Untold Story. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you oh, reviewed yeah. that in your yeah. blog, correct? Yeah. And, and gosh, I've been so fortunate to um you know get hooked up with these labels like the smaller labels and some of the bigger ones to be able to like review their home video products um has been really oh, okay. i've been really fortunate and uh yeah i mean like i'm like i'm such a big fan of like older films like from like the 20s to like the like the 50s i mean i like every era but like i kind of have a particular soft spot and like warner archives has been really doing some amazing releases like they have like are you guys uh hammer horror fans yeah i i uh like i think we were talking about dracula 1972 ad Um, oh yeah 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 yeah, but yeah i like i like a lot of the hammer movies as well so like they're doing like for next month um they're doing like a two disc deluxe i believe it's two discs for Curse of Frankenstein, which I am like so excited for. Oh, that sounds <laughs> awesome! Yeah, like, yes, yeah, uh, Stephen, you know about Hammer? I I've heard of Hammer. I don't know if I've seen the films there. Yeah, essentially, it's like this British company that I think in the fifth did they start in the fifties or sixties? Fifties, yeah, right? Yeah. So it was like early. So like Hammer did like movies like much earlier than that, but like when 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 people think of hammer they mostly think about the horror so like their horror stuff was like the late 50s like i believe yeah dracula was the first one and that was like 58 or 59 somewhere in there yeah um, it was like a universal kind of revival in a sense where they were yeah oh, okay they did like all the classic universal monsters but like up with newer more gra- gorier yeah. so is franklin jella's dracula included in that no, no. So that no. that's, that's different. Um, universal, but okay. still a pretty awesome movie. Yeah, I mean, I think like one of my favorite. I mean, outside of like Curse of, of Dracula or yeah, uh, Frankenstein is um, Brides of Dracula. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a, that one is really good. There was like a a, a Halloween where I just watched all of those. Oh okay. Um, yeah. So if you're like kind of new to Hammer, like. Um, like you can't go wrong with like some like the early ones like like Horror of Dracula was like the first one with Christopher Lee and then you have like the Curse of Frankenstein which was like the follow up that you know also made like a ton of money and Bride of like I said Bride of um Dracula was is like a such a great entry but and and Scream Factory just put out like a like super mega deluxe edition of that, which I'm like so jealous. I didn't get the review, but I'm definitely going to be picking that one up because it's like one of my favorite um, Hammer films. And I actually got to meet the one actress from that at one of my early con goings. Uh, so, oh, that's awesome! Yeah, that sounds so cool just to get to talk to these guys. Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, um, it, it's funny, like. Yeah, I mean, like, like especially, I mean, conventions. I mean, I, I I'm going to sound like an old person right now, but like back in my day, like, like the older <laughs> conventions were were more fun because, like, 
like they weren't as crowded. They they got um, a lot more older, obscure um, people. Much less like COVID. From these, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I mean, it was like you didn't have like, um, I remember like when autographs were like $10 an item. And now, you know, I like the most I ever spent was $100 to meet Adam West. A hundred dollars. A hundred dollars. Yeah. And I mean, like, it's like insane. What and is I the... look back on it. And, well, and how, think, yeah, what did that meeting include? Yeah. Did that include lunch in a, in a movie or something? Because yeah, if I'm spending I mean, a hundred bucks, I expect <laughs> someone to brush their teeth afterward. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you would definitely hope that um, it was basically just like you got to meet them, get the autograph, maybe have like a couple minutes of interaction but I'm such yeah. a I'm such a big Batman fan. So, I mean, I didn't really regret it. I mean, it's, um, you know, this was maybe like this was maybe like two years before he passed away. So, I mean, I, yeah. I was um, but was like was really cool. I got to meet Julie Newmar, which is. Yeah, was really awesome. Was she a hundred dollars, too? Uh, so he so he was the, <laughs> the he was the most expensive. Um, Burt, Burt Ward was kind of expensive and Julie Newmar was like 50 bucks, I think. Wow. And it's just just a just to get the autographs and all that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's no wonder they always are like, hey, come to the convention. <laughs> but I mean, come it, as crazy as that sounds like I've heard of like um, like, I mean, air quote big stars charging like five hundred dollars for an autograph and like a real quick meet whoa yeah which i think is insane but i mean the prices keep going up and i mean now like i went to like monster bash which i like because it has like some of like the older actors um from some like the older movies and like some of the older horror movies i like and like their prices were pretty good i mean they like they capped them at like 30 but they were mostly like 20 25 which was very reasonable i think yeah i yeah. i would definitely go for that i don't know if i would uh, there's probably a few people like if i to to quentin to meet quentin Tar- to meet tarantino i'd probably pay 100 pta yeah. <laughs> i'd pay i'd probably pay 100. <laughs> but i don't but, you know, but 105 hell no that's too much money <laughs> hell no dude i'm a poor motherfucker come on now i can't be yeah. <laughs> shelling out that but, kind I mean, of cash just a meet a oh, motherfucker yeah, Dude, I would like, like Quinn Tarantino, like I would, yeah, I would love to meet him. Like it was funny. So like, um, in my new book, um, I interviewed this guy that worked at, um, this, uh, video shop in, um, Los Angeles. That's, I mean, has been going on for like decades. I mean, and I was talking to the, um, the, uh, he doesn't own the place, but he's like, he's kind of the face of it. He, um, is the the main like clerk and and he's been there forever and has so many cool stories but he was telling me like oh yeah you know like quentin quentin he's like a big uh fan he he's like in here all the time <laughs> and like because it's i mean like to him it's like no big deal yeah he just kind of comes there and and like hangs out and um he you know they hook him up with like obscure movies he's looking for and yeah that's pretty awesome so I was like, I was like, dude, you should let them know that you're in a you're in a book that I wrote. So, gosh, I mean, that would be so amazing if he even sort of knew who I was. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. awesome. I got to see him once at a, at Amoeba, but I was too scared to talk to him because <laughs> he was just browsing movies. It was like, ah. Uh, so, leave what's him alone. funny is like somebody I I remember somebody telling me that like one of my friends in Los Angeles was saying that like they saw him like I guess at a diner or a restaurant or something. And they're like, you know, I was like, Oh, I was like, that was, that's awesome. Like the only thing that he said was he had a very large head. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's like your, that's like your takeaway, like nothing else. <laughs> like, well, you know, they do make a very good point. He does have a very large head. I mean, I was quite taken <laughs> aback. <laughs> All that big brain movie making. That's why. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm assuming you guys have seen his his last one. Oh yes, of uh, course. Yes, seen yeah. all of his. We stuff. did a whole episode on uh, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, that's um, yeah, that's such a good movie. I'm like, it's it's one of those movies I keep scolding myself for not owning yet because I own like <laughs> everything else of his. Yeah, yeah, it was a movie that I 
I mean, I don't want to speak for Steven, but it was like when I first, we, I first watched it, I was kind of lukewarm. And then the more I thought about it, the more it's I was like, gross. I was like, OK, wait, no, it's actually really fucking good. Like, it's actually just it's like, OK, it's very self-indulgent and it is very much a product of that era. But damn, it's done so well. It's like it. And it, as soon as you start to more appreciate the 60s. And what that era was, it's like, it, oh, man, damn, it's good. But it ain't Boogie Nights, that's for damn sure. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that. <laughs> it ain't Boogie Nights, huh? <laughs> yeah, so we've had you for almost three hours, Mike. Did you uh, did you want to keep going or you guys want to jump into the script and wrap this up? Or how's everybody feeling? So which which part would I be? Uh, you could you get to pick. Oh, I get to pick my role. OK. Yeah, it's it's more yeah. it's more fun. It's just about we know having, how to treat our guests here. <laughs> it's more about just having fun. Okay, let me let me glance over. Let me see what character kind of speaks to you know. I <laughs> yeah, because uh, I was I was like I said I was a little bit as Stephen likes to say light in the head. <laughs> <laughs> so what inspired this story, buddy? Uh, I was actually really struggling to like think of something to write, and I was like, well, mm-hmm. Mike likes a lot of the strange movies he wrote. The book everyone should go and uh, buy on Amazon, which is the ultimate guide to strange cinema, which we've mentioned a few times. And mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to write something that could maybe make the list <laughs> in, oh, a, okay. in, a, in a short, weird kind of way. It's, you know, very gory and gross and kind of funny, I hope. And it has Fruits of Valk in it. And who are the uh, characters? Johnny and Mark? Johnny and Mark. And there's a narrator, which is kind of funny. I think I hope. Okay. Uh, who do you want me to be? Uh, you definitely have to be Johnny, dude. <laughs> yeah. I gotta be Johnny. Okay. Gotta be I'm a Johnny kind of man, I'll, huh? I guess I'll take Mark. That looks looks good. You should read the end. <laughs> just gonna say, just go to the. Oh, just, okay. I won't. I won't spoil <laughs> it. I mean, it's kind of yeah. Let's just and and the, what's our motivations for these characters? Uh, <laughs> what. You know, direct the, us. The narrator will set will kind of set that up too, because uh, Johnny's okay. the classic high school dirtbag jock. Oh, so that's why I'm Johnny, huh? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Mark is yeah, a meek, that. stumpy little loser. A little loser. <laughs> yeah, I think I think of him as like talking with the lisp, and it's like, Mark, don't beat me up, Johnny. <laughs> 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 So you don't have to take the character that way. You can take it any way you want. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I can read either. Uh, and uh, you can take Mark, uh, Mike, if you'd like. Um, okay. But if you, or you also, can take Johnny if you'd like. Or, I, I could be. Uh, or I can you could read the. I'm or you really can read na- uh, narrator slash action. It's up to you. Uh, I'll do Mark. Um, I I don't know. If, like I. I don't know if I can do it like a good voice, but oh, you don't need to do it. A- <laughs> oh, don't worry, we're not actors here. <laughs> Trust me, like we said, are not actors. This is this is purely for fun. <laughs> I don't know if you read it. If you're if you read it and you still want to do it, then I mean that that's saying a lot. Also. Yeah, yeah, I'm down. It, oh. it looks fun. Yeah. All right, so then I guess I will narrate and read action. Okay. All right, so are you guys everybody ready? Oh, let me let me uh, wet my whistle here. Give me one moment. Okay. What what whistle, sir? Maybe I've overhyped right. how gross it is. All Maybe right, it's I'm not ready. that gross. I don't know. I'm in scene. <laughs> okay. This is titled Once We Were Men, written by Tom Casper. Exterior Toxic Waste Dump Night. Two stepbrothers had made a wager on who could kiss Farusa Balk first, and the loser had to go down to the local toxic waste dump for a dip in the sludge, so to say. One is Johnny, the classic high school dirtbag jock. The other is Mark. Or uh, the other is the meek and stumpy looking Mark. Mark lost. I really don't think this is such a good idea. Don't be such a pussy, Mike. Just take a little sip. I just got a bad feeling about this. I knew you were going to back out. You always welch on your bets. You know what? I'll do it if you don't. Not my poor butt. (laughs) Not again. Oh, yes, again. Now drink. Johnny walks over close to the pipe, spewing the radiation and toxic green ooze. He puts his hand in for just a second. See? Don't be such a fucking baby. Take a drink. Oh, boy, Johnny. I think this is really 
Um, no. Johnny makes a fisting motion and points it towards his ass. <laughs> God, save me. Cut to Mark makes his way to the pipe, which is pooling the liquid and, reaching, and reaches his hand out, touching it just a bit. It's hot and cold at the same time. Drink some, you bitch! Johnny reaches out and grabs Mark by the back of the neck and shoves him into the liquid. Drink and die, you fuck! Johnny had a deep-seated hatred because he often had to listen to Mark fucking his mo- Mark's father fucking his mother. <laughs> this really <laughs> left a bad taste in Johnny's mouth. I can't breathe. <laughs> Help. Johnny releases him. They are both covered in the ooze. Mark falls to the ground, coughing to the... Wait, Mark falls to the floor, coughing into a... Gr- t- ah, I can't even read it. My right. <laughs> coughing to the ground, Great curled narration. in a ball. Burn it hell, dude. <laughs> Sorry, brother. Burn in hell, he did. Mark suffered incredible radiation poisoning that was transforming his body into something new. Johnny, on the other hand, grew another hand. All right. Cut to exterior school the next day. Mark feeling sick, but never missing a day of school. Johnny, on the other hand, growing a third hand felt great. Johnny steals Mark's lunch. Feeling sick? Then you won't mind if I eat your lunch. It is my mom's famous casserole, after all. (laughs) You can't have it. You were so mean. Perusa Balk walks over and kisses Johnny. Mark becomes immediately jealous. Damn, babe, you look good. He reaches up his hands, all three of them, and touches her face. She notices the hand, screams, and runs <laughs> off. Ah! See what you did, you little freak. I'm going to beat your ass. I didn't do anything. Oh, <laughs> sorry, Mike. <laughs> sorry, Mike. <laughs> I didn't do anything, Johnny. You put me in the ooze. <laughs> Oh, wait, where am I? Don't you tell me. <laughs> Don't you tell me what is what, you little twerp. Mark, please. I don't feel so good. Mark projectile vomits all over Johnny. <laughs> it smells of death. You motherfucker, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Johnny starts kicking Mark, but gets a good whiff of the vomit and starts <laughs> to feel sick. He vomits as well, aiming it directly at Mark, covering him in the bile. It burns. Oh, God. Why does it burn so bad? <laughs> Mark then vomits, hitting Johnny. The vomit is very acidic and starts to melt their flesh. You fucking bastard! <laughs> <laughs> their scream attracts the attention of the school staff who rush to their aid. Both boys laying on the floor, smoke rising from them as they continue to vomit and melt. <laughs> Cut to interior Weatherby home three days later. Both boys cry out in horrible agony. I think they learned how incredibly stupid it is to play with radioactive ooze. Wrapped in bandages from head to toe, Mark and Johnny wriggle in pain. I hate you, Johnny. I am only staying alive to make sure you die first. Wanna bet? I'm not gonna die first. (laughs) Mark starts to feel weak and stops moving. Did you finally die, you ugly bastard? (laughs) Mark's arm starts to stretch out, tearing the bandages and wriggling around like a crazy worm. It feels funny. What the hell's happening with your arm? (laughs) It tingles. (laughs) Tingles? Good lord, tingles, he says. The rotting agony of near death tingles. Johnny curls in pain. His third hand is popping and spewing. I feel pretty good, actually. Oh, good for you. Mark stands up, pulling his arm back to normal size. He starts to peel off the bandages. Wow, I feel amazing. Johnny Ah! screams in pain. I I feel I can can do anything. Mark looks over at a glass on the table across the room. He whips his hand at it, growing 20 feet. He grabs the glass and brings it to him. Superpowers. Sweet. This is pretty cool. Johnny passes out from the pain. Mark, (laughs) having discovered his powers, recovered rapidly. He developed new abilities all the time. He gained national attention and fame, even getting a kiss from the beautiful Farusa Balk. Johnny laid in bed for weeks in pain, gaining elephantitis in his testicles, now unable (laughs) to move or get up or move around. He never got another kiss from Farusa Balk. Cut to interior, Johnny's room, night. Johnny lay in bed, unable to move, and in constant agony. On the brink of death, his stepbrother flies in through the open window. Hey, Johnny, how are you holding up? Mark, is, is that you, brother? Mark, I'm so sorry. Sorry? Don't worry, I think this makes us more than even. I mean, look at the size of your balls. They're huge, dude. They're it. They're fucking killing me, man. I'm dying. There's nothing you can do. I can make it real quick. Johnny lets the idea roll around in his brain. I want to keep trying to live. I don't want to die. I want to live. Well, I could have cured you with my healing powers, but I really 
really fucking hate you <laughs> and kind of enjoy the idea of watching you die be- because your nuts are going to <laughs> pop any minute. Johnny seizes with rage. <laughs> he rocks and rolls until he becomes face to face with his stepbrother. You fucking bastard. You could have cured me. You're a monster. An evil son of a bitch. I hope you rot in hell for all the evils you have committed, you fucking cacksucker. Burn. Burn like I have burned. Johnny tries to get up and, po- and point, but he is unable to move and he wriggles in pain. His ball is pulsating. Oh, my balls. <laughs> Damn, this really hurts, huh? Looks like you are about to... Looks like you're about to blow. Should I stand back? Ah, my fucking dick is going to explode. Johnny starts to freak out so much so he rolls on his side. Whoa, I didn't think you could move like that. Shut up. Mark, I hate you. Use that hate, brother. Keep rolling. <laughs> going to kill you. Johnny tries to reach for his brother. Mark stands there with a giant grin on his face. Johnny's penis begins to pulsate. and Johnny lets out one final scream. I'll be a dude. Johnny's penis explodes, pushing a full-grown human oh, male out no, from his dick. dick. His balls shrink, and the man cleans the blood snot and ooze from his face. Mark, in shock, stands there frozen. What? Johnny, is that you? The man takes a sharp look at Mark. Oh, you're the man slash junior, Steven. Junior? Yeah. Okay, man. Uh, uh, you killed daddy? Now die! <laughs> What the fuck? The man lunges at Mark. He has incredible strength, taking him to the ground and punching his face. <laughs> Fucking stop. <laughs> Jesus, stop. Mark using his stretching ability and wraps his arm around the newborn, then beats it against the wall, making a hole. <laughs> oh Exterior outside Johnny's house night. Junior is thrown to the ground and lands outside. Mark flies at him, punching him into the ground. Leave me alone. I killed your father. I'll kill you too. No one kills Junior. Junior's eyes start to glow and he creates laser beams from his eyes and fucking melts Mark's face. <laughs> laser beams? Not fair. Mark's head explodes. Pretty sure he's dead. <laughs> now, Junior, get back for Uza. <laughs> Junior beats his chest and yells like King Kong. <laughs> Hope you all learned a good lesson watching the life of these two brothers. Life is pretty damn weird. Don't fuck with glowing ooze. Good night. Fade out at the end. <laughs> Wow, that's a quality script, buddy. I think that might be your best one yet. Listen, there is Boogie Nights, and then there's this one. I think it pretty much goes in that order. <laughs> so would, I, would this movie make your list, Mike? Uh, definitely. I've, I've actually probably seen something that's probably comparable, at least. Yeah, I was, so, yeah, yeah go ahead. I, I, I see. I wish I would have had my book with me because there. Uh, I'll definitely send you the the title, but it's it's like this, like Italian like slasher, but it's like Toxic Avenger kind of. <laughs> oh, it's, okay. It's yeah. I mean, it, it's like I think I I think I even mentioned like it's by far the weirdest movie, out of like the hundreds of movies that I reviewed for that. God, I wish I had my book with me. I'll, 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 uh, I'll look it up. And, and yeah, it's uh, like I said, it's it, it kind of reminded me of your script. Awesome. That's why I mentioned it. So. I hope that filmmaker went on to have a very successful long career. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a very successful career in something else. <laughs> well, buddy, there you go. <laughs> Yeah, as the famous words say, don't quit your day job and don't worry, I don't plan on it. <laughs> yeah, I mean it it I mean, yeah, it might he might have yeah, it was <laughs> Well, I hope it, probably, it, it I hope it didn't scar you too much, Mike, and uh hope you no, enjoyed coming on the show. Yeah, definitely. Um I would definitely love to come back if you guys um like whenever the new book is um has a release date. Yeah, for sure. We'll have to come back oh, and talk sure. about it. Yeah, we'd love to have you back. Yeah, and, and thanks uh, for having me. Um, do you mind if I um, do my my uh, Twitter shout out? Yes, yes, no, no, no. Please, we were yeah. going to ask you that. Yeah, yes. oh, okay. where, can, where can we find you? Well, uh, I'm on Twitter at uh, Strange Cinema 65, and that's usually where I post a lot of my uh, reviews. And, uh, you know, it has the link to my book and all, all the other weird crap that i post so awesome. all right yeah. and what's your book and where can uh the audience out there find it 
So it is the ultimate guide to strange cinema. It's pretty easy to find on uh, Amazon, and actually, it's on it's on sale right now. So yeah, um, definitely check it out. And um, you know, I had a blast writing it, and I really hope people uh, enjoy this new one. It's very different, but it's still about cinema and something I'm pretty passionate about, which is like home video, especially now with streaming. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, awesome. I can't wait to get mine in. It should, it should be arriving tomorrow. Amazon has said, and, uh, <laughs> and I will. Yeah. And I, I, again, I really appreciate the support. Cause like, you know, like the same that I tried to help with like indie um, filmmakers, like, like, like us, you know, huh, with, huh, huh, huh. Not yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, like it's like I always try to help other creative people because it's like it's hard enough to just produce something, let alone like something that anybody's gonna see, you know. So awesome. That's why I, I really appreciate these plugs and everything. So yeah, awesome. Yeah. And with that, this has been Twin Shadows Podcast episode sixty-eight. Our interview with the awesome and wonderful and brilliant Michael Vaughn. And with that, we're signing out. Cut. <laughs>